Dish Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast with DJ Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect, and the fabulous, wonderful writer, Ann Christensen. Did you notice Tariq's sexy morning voice this week? It's not a sexy morning. It's, it's like I'm too early. It's too early in the morning to be here. Oh, come on. Kind of voice. Embrace, embrace it, Tariq. <laughs> yes, yeah, so on this week's edition of This Bite, we have a lot to talk about this week. Uh, Ann wrote a great piece about this really cool chocolate company, candy company called Cares Candies. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, Meat on the Street, a uh, Filipino uh, kind of restaurant in the Paps facility, 1125. They have a new Taco Tuesday. We have the menu we're going to share with you. We have a sneak peek of the Crossroads Collective, which will be happening next week. And then uh, Trey Rivoli uh, is also the restaurant in the, in the uh, Kempton will be selling pies for charity. All this and more on this week's edition of This Bites. But let's start it off with an article you wrote in the latest issue of Milwaukee Magazine. It's the holiday season. What best time to talk about sweets and candies? Uh, you did a great story about this company called Cares Candies. And it's not spelled like I care. No. It's no. spelled K-E-H-R. Right. Uh, this is a long. Uh, this is a long-standing company in Milwaukee. You, if you go to the Milwaukee Public Market, they have um, their retail facility there, right in the middle of the of the market. And, you know, and they have all these sorts of dipped chocolates and um, toffees and molded chocolates. And I thought, you know, this would be really fun to do a story um, about a company, um, a co- getting inside the, the company's kitchen, hang out with them, sort of watch them make some of their their candies mm-hmm. and actually and see if they're willing to do this mm-hmm. during the holiday season when this is the holiday rush <laughs> yeah. and they're doing their molded, you know, Santas and dipped non parades and things like that. So I hit up um, owner Paul Martinka of Cares and I said, you know, would you be willing to let me have or would you be willing to let me shadow you guys for a few hours on a, on a given day? Yeah, let's do it. So um, their kind of headquarters, if you will. Um, is over on the west side. It's over on Lisbon Avenue. Mm-hmm. And it used to be, um, it's a 35th in Lisbon, by the way. And that used to be um, a retail location for them too. Um, but they they closed that in the last several years. But it's where all the candy making takes place. So you, it was fascinating to go in there and, um, you know, see this equipment, which for them, this is, they, they're using the same equipment that they, some of which they've used back in like the 19... 30s and 40s. I mean, it's really interesting. So how long have they been around? They've been around since... since the 30s? Yeah. Wow. I never even heard of them. Where are they located again? Well, their their retail facility oh, is in the Milwaukee Public Market. Yeah. Their headquarters and where they make all the candy mm-hmm. is 35th and Lisbon. Okay. And that's a location they have had for decades. Uh, that's interesting. It's like Lipson. I can't remember I can't say it. Lisbon. Lisbon. Why can't I can't say it? I always want to say Lipson. Anyway, there seems a lot of things popping up off yeah. that street lately. A lot of kind of creators, you know, Bitter Cubes over there. Yep. Um, Pete's Pops is not Pete's far from Pop, there. Pete's Pops far there. So it's interesting what's happening in that yep. area. And they're kind of been there since way before me, at least, right? Yeah. Yeah. Way before you, <laughs> right. So um, so I got into the kitchen and um, it, 
I got to tell you, the smell in there was incredible because you, you're smelling the, the melted, tempered chocolate, mm. dark and milk chocolate. And they were doing, um, and they don't, they don't make the chocolate. They get the chocolate from um, various uh, manufacturers. Okay, so but they, um, you know, they melt it, they temper it, they flavor it, they mold it, uh, they use it as a dipping chocolate. So they're using it in many, many, many different ways. And you know, all the holidays from Christmas to you know Valentine's Day, Easter, these are huge holidays for them because they do these incredible, mm. you know, different sorts of chocolates, you know, specifically. Um, and, uh, so it was, it was really fun. And, and so at the very same time that I was there, we had, we brought, I brought a photographer or a photographer came with us, came with me rather. And, um, so we had photos taken the same day and, and, you know, like there, there was, you know, one of the, one of, um, uh, Paul's, um, longtime dippers, you know, spent the whole time I was there sitting in doing meltaways. And they do maybe six or seven different kinds of meltaways, mm-hmm. different flavored meltaways. Mm-hmm. And he just sat there the whole time and he was doing, you know, at this table. There's a special table that they have set up. Some great photos the in melting, the magazine. Yeah, with the melting chocolate. And he was doing these buckets. He had buckets full of the fillings of the meltaways mm-hmm. that he was then dipping in the chocolates. Or I'm sorry, dipping. Yeah, dipping in the chocolate. And then what's interesting, too, I hadn't realized each flavor has a different like a different pattern on the top, really? so you know which it one is. it is. Yeah. I like a certain national chocolatiers you bite into it, they all look alike. You bite into it like, oops, that's not what I wanted. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it was it was really fun too, because they have a lot of old photos in there. I was able to see, you know, some of the people that have worked there over the years. The the ladies, they had all these incredible ladies that mm. worked there for decades. And really in like um vintage photos from back in the day when they're they're um, actual candy shop right mm-hmm. there was open and you know those really those old like heart-shaped red boxes I mean you could see them up you know on the mm-hmm. shelf and um, they also um, they also do incredible um, like candy corn there it's like the you know the really just, that's a thing incredible candy corn I like well, no, I mean, when I mean like candied popcorn, like oh, flavored candy popcorn. popcorn. Oh, I thought you meant like the, the no, nasty no, candy no, 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 that's, yeah, not that oh, kind of like, candy. Who popcorn. does that? Like, I, I don't, yeah. when I was growing up, we used to call it candy corn. It was popcorn, but it was sweet. Oh, yeah. So, like, but, you the know, can- like the, yeah, caramel corn, essentially. Yeah. So, I was thinking the, that no, triangular. No, 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 yeah, okay. no. Let's not talk about that because that's <laughs> not what it is. Um, but like you could, and, and, and still the, the, the smell of that is incredible, of caramel corn. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And so I was able to sample a lot of the stuff they were oh, doing too. Oh. So like the fresh caramel corn that had been made like hours before, incredible, oh. buttery, you know, sweet mm. and really amazing. Cool. And the the only place you can get it at the retail is just the public market. That's yeah, it? the public market. Do they do you can order that order, order online okay. too. Yeah. Um, but also a really interesting thing that I learned um, when I was when I was touring the facility was. Um, actually every year, I mean, they're always trying new things, you know, coming out with some mm. new things, you know, new products. They're doing bean to bar. That's going to be their new thing. And they, and they're actually, this is, this is essentially what Tabal does in Wauwatosa where they're getting, um, the, actual the, bean. the cacao beans. Yeah. And they're doing all the grinding and the roasting okay. in house and making those actual mm. making, making the chocolate and making bars out of it. Oh. And we're talking, um, you know, like single or multi-origin, not single. Sometimes you'll see single origin bars. Tabal does single origin, but multi-origin bars, like from South America. You okay. know, different beans from South America. Kind of like coffee and making, but yes, and making chocolate bars out of them. 
And their hope was to have those out on the shelves this holiday season, too. Oh, cool. And their chocolate is really good. It's Again, thanks again for bringing a sample in and I'm sharing so it. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I know, Tariq. <laughs> but, you know, it was, I was keeping it under wraps for a while because, you know, when I'm, do, when I'm working on something and I know it's going to come out in the next couple months, I have to kind of keep a lid on it. So I was keeping kind of secret. And this, you know, I wanted to make sure that, that I, you know, didn't spill the beans on this, spill huh? the chocolate spill on the this. the beans. Uh-huh. So, yeah, spill the beans um, <laughs> on this until the story was actually out. And now it's out in our December issue. Well, cool. Um, and I'm sorry. I will I will um, get you some chocolate, I promise. Yeah, I didn't, okay. I I never think of you, I think of you never, more You never as, think of me. I, I get it. No, I know. And yeah. that's, I didn't, I didn't like the way that came out. I promise, <laughs> you know, that was not intentional. I don't think of you, I think of you as more a savory kind of guy. I am. You're savory. But I don't think of, I know you like some sweets, but you're particular. But that sounded, just the history of that place is willing yeah. to, you know. I think you'd really love their caramel corn too. Caramel yeah. popcorn. Yeah. Caramel yeah. popcorn. Maybe I'll get somebody who thinks of I me I will not to call it candy corn ever again. <laughs> Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. Now, we're back on this Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast. The very talented Ann Christensen and... The very the, talented Tariq Moody. The lonely, no, sad, no, no. self-reflecting, deep... Well, okay, Tariq. I'll give you that, but... You know, uh, we got to pump you up here, Tariq. Let's get back into You're it. You're the talent. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about another story. Uh, it's the holiday season. Uh, a lot of people like it. Uh, I'm not one of them. I was going to say present company accepted. <laughs> excluded. Uh, but I thought we'd like share the merry cheer yeah. out there. You did a story called Making Midday Merry. What was that story about? Well, this is the time of year that if you want to envelop yourself in holiday spirit, there are restaurants that can help you out. Yeah. There are restaurants that can help you out. And one of the biggest ones I discovered when I was doing a story on fish fries a few years Mm -hmm. ago, uh, I went to a restaurant, it's a bar actually, in Oak Creek called Irv's Mug. Mm -hmm. And they're known for, well, they're known for craft beer. So if craft beer lovers really like this place, Mm -hmm. they're also known for their really good fish fry. Okay. Um, But what I hadn't realized is that they go all out with Christmas decorations. Really? They will take a whole day when they are closed and they have their employees, friends, family members, friends of family, friends of friends, friends of friends of friends, <laughs> all come in and decorate this place. And we are talking, you know, they have all these decorations that come out of storage. There is not a spot in this bar, and it's a big bar. Uh, there's multiple rooms mm-hmm. that is not covered with some, I mean, and we're talking huge, suspended from the ceiling, you know, things large, very large mm-hmm. Christmas decorations and decorated trees. And it's amazing. I have never seen Christmas decorations like this. So that is the whole month of December. You can, you know, go to Irv's, you know, they're, they're, up, they're open during the week and they, they serve lunch and dinner, but they do fish fry on Wednesdays and Fridays. And I would absolutely, I would recommend if you want um, to get in in that holiday spirit and you love decorations, that is a place to go. Okay. Um, another another uh, place that I think is doing some really uh, kind of a fun menu um, this month is um, Blue's Egg. 
which has two locations, one on 76th Street, 76th and Blue Mound, and then there's one in Shorewood on Oakland Avenue. Um, and they're they're doing this um, German-themed menu for the month, and that's along with their regular breakfast and lunch menu. Um, and what it is is it's, um, it's this, uh, you know, it's sort of this menu that kind of encourages you to sort of take a long, leisurely lunch. So they're offering different German meats and cheeses and really hearty specials. And when I say hearty specials, I mean hearty specials. Mm. So like different schnitzels, they have a Hanschen schnitzel, Hanschen schnitzel, schnitzel. It's a breaded chicken breast with buttered spetzel, poached eggs, Dusseldorf hollandaise, and curry fries. And they're doing lots of German specials um, during this month. It's a gut bomb. Again, well, <laughs> and then they're doing different baked goods that are Eastern European-like baked goods. So the rugula, which is, uh, I love rugula. It's a pastry. Um, they're, they're little kind of. Oh, um, like, not like the arugula. Arugula. Not arugula. Arugula <laughs> is a is a green. Is is, is an actual. I was just like, you know, you're saying I love arugula. Like, okay. No, no, rugelach, rugelach. Okay. I probably wasn't saying it right, but it's it's almost like a little twist, a pastry that is twisted around, um, kind of like it. Is, I mean, it, a twist in the way a cinnamon roll is twisted, okay. but it has different sorts of fillings in it. Sometimes it's like poppy seed or chocolate or raspberry or something like that. But they're wonderful. Um, so they're going to be doing rugelach and Linzer tort. They're, they have special drinks, so like spiked eggnog, hot toddies. Again, that's the mm-hmm. special menu that they're doing. Um, do I have time to mention one more? Yeah. Okay. So, um, we always have you, time for you, Anne. Oh, well, you know. Um, you've probably, or maybe you haven't, noticed that Buckley's has been going uh, going through this, like, rehabilitation. And other, yeah. It's just a, like rehab. Three buildings. They're adding, like, incredible amount of space they, they started out with this one, you know, historic building that they're located in, and they are expanding into the two buildings next door. And this has been going on for well over a year. Um, and this is coming to a close, I understand. Hopefully by the holidays, they're going to have all those spaces open. And um, essentially, it's going to um, double, maybe even triple the dining the dining areas that they're that people can hang mm-hmm. out in, and I always think of of Buckley's as being having having these really you know tasteful, elegant Christmas decorations. Like if you go into Buckley's, have you been to Buckley's? Yeah, they have uh, that old a, you know they have about that, a year. They yeah. have that old bar that they actually mm-hmm. brought from Boston. I didn't know and, that. Yeah, it, I know they have some connection to Boston, right? Well, the like Mike Buckley is from Boston. <laughs> Okay. No. I remember seeing the pictures up there yeah. of like Kennedy's and Yes. And I remember yeah. some Mike is connection. from is from there. And you know, my the, brother was born in Boston. No. My dad went to school in Boston. I didn't know that. My mom was a runway model and worked as an assistant or secretary at what? MIT. Where is this coming from? I just assumed all of your heritage comes from got, the South. I got a little well, there's a lot of people from my mom's side. And your mom mom's was side, a runway model? Migrated to California and then Boston. So I have a collective of family members in Boston, a collective family members no in Los Angeles. No kidding. Yeah, she was a runway model. Yeah, she did her own makeup too. No kidding. Yeah. Do you have photos? Yeah, she has photos. I don't have the photos. My oh. mom has the photos in a you know How shoebox. Cool. So she did the modeling in California or she uh, did Boston it in Boston. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like because her brothers, a couple of brothers, or at least one of her brothers, moved to Boston. When they lived in, so Alabama. you still have family in I still Boston. Have Boston. I have cousins and uncles. In nice. Boston. How often do you get there? Last time was probably seven, eight, nine years ago. Oh, I've never been and want to go. Okay, so 
tangent, but that was a really yeah. good tangent because that's really interesting. I want to hear more about that. Buckley's, it just, there's always a really beautifully done, elegant holiday decorations in Buckley's. I think it's a great time to go in, get, um, linger over a Nutcracker Manhattan or a coffee, um, have a, you know, a, one of, um, you know, their, their lunch menu. And I think about this, I think about like a leisurely mm. lunch. They've got a menu with, you know, like the oyster Caesar salad. Have you ever had their oyster Caesar salad? Like fried oysters, right? Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. They have a Monte Cristo sandwich. They have that great lobster roll sandwich. Mm-hmm. Really a, just a fun, you know, um, relaxing place to go for a, a leisurely lunch and sort of kind of envelop yourself in that kind of elegant holiday spirit. Yeah, so like after after you'll be shopping for gifts for me, you can go there. Yes. That's exactly oh, what I'm cool. what I'm referring to. Dre. <laughs> uh, sounds really good. Again, that's in the latest issue of Milwaukee Magazine, making midday marriage. So again, if you're looking for places, you're busy day shopping, you're still in the if you're not a you know Grinch like myself, and you're like I need to absorb the holiday spirit, some places to do during the day. Uh, next is uh, let's talk about warmth. Um, We're always talking about warmth, aren't we? Yeah. So you might know that Mazorka is closed for the season. Uh, they had their last little, uh, well, I guess, last hurrah. operish hurrah uh, for the season uh, last week. And mm-hmm. you're like, where's my taco fix? Well, we have another option for taco fixes for you. It's only on a Tuesday. We have talked about this place. It's the Filipino restaurant Meat on the Streets. Uh, I think there's still a truck operation, but they're based in the 1125 uh, place over the PAPS facility. Uh, so mm-hmm. every Tuesday, they started last week, last Tuesday, they have a thing called Flippin'. What's the term on Flip, Filipino, I think? Flippin' Taco Tuesday. Every Tuesday from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. So basically all day, they have several types of tacos broken down by uh, three categories. Carnivore for us meat eaters, vegetarian, and brunch for people who like, I want brunch in, in, a, in taco form, which... Sounds kind of interesting. But let's go. I want to highlight some of these tacos. They look, I'm like looking at this menu. I saw that they look amazing, really amazing. And they use kind of a kind of Filipino style ingredients and sauces and marinades. So one, they have a, the first one is a Mexipino. I think it's a kind of hybrid of kind of a Mexican style Filipino taco. So it's calamansi. Beef. That's what which, I would say. Which I discovered, calamansi. I was looking at what that is. It's a juice from a kind of a citrus. It looks like it's kind of a, have a flavor combination between lemon and lime. Um, it's native to the uh, kind of the Asian countries of Philippines, China, Taiwan. Um, they make a, a marinade out of it. And they make it like they make different things out of it: juices, marinades, and I'm assuming they marinate the beef in this kind of citrus uh, um, concoction. It also has onions, cojita cheese, um, so like it's kind of a traditional kind of Mexican taco, but with a little twist, mm-hmm. a little Filipino twist to it. Uh, another one that stands out to me is the Porky Squeals. Love that name. Slow-cooked pork, creamy flannel slaw, um, and some time a Filipino uh, vinegar sauce along with cilantro. Uh, another one stands out, Crunchy Nudes. <laughs> <laughs> Nudes is not spelled the way you might think well, it is. Well, my though. head went other places when I heard that. But anyway, chicken adobo, uh, which is kind of this vinegar kind of marinade 
traditional Filipino cuisine, veggie slaw, crunchy noodles, and green onions. Noodles is where the nudes yeah, come, yeah. comes from. I just... I know. Uh, nudes. Your, your, your mind. Nudes. Anyway, taco mansi, another uh, calamansi beef and onions, creamy flannel slaw, slaw, cilantro, lime, tangy sauce. For my vegetarian friends out there, there's a spicy veggie slaw, fried tofu. I'm not a big fan of, like, big fan of tofu. That does sound interesting to me. I'll, I'll probably try it. But it's a fried tofu tossed in spicy marinade, calamansi, sriracha aioli with green onions. Again, that calamansi is that citrus uh, ingredient native it, to Philippines. What about it? The, the brunch? The brunch one. is really good. So it's in brunch. What makes a brunch taco is egg. Because, you, you know, I think that's what makes anything brunch. Add an egg to it. They have a long john, which is the, they add their Filipino sausage, which is fantastic. If you ever never had long, Filipino sausage, longanisa. It's sweet, savory pork sausage. There's tomatoes, over hard egg, green onions. There's the beefy brunch, scrambled eggs, calamasi beef, onions, um, cheese, Kalamasi, I'm saying that a lot. Sriracha, aioli, and green onions. Because they're using it in a lot of yeah. different things. See, they're, they're seasoning an aioli with it. Yeah, and then they have a burrito. If you want a, um, a burrito. A burrito. A burrito. They have a burrito. Garlic rice, which I love their garlic rice. Pork adobo, tachawa cheese, red peppers, caramelized onions, and again, the calamansi, uh, sriracha, or, or I love aioli. this menu. And the prices are great, Yeah, actually. So every Tuesday, you get your want your taco fix. Flippin' Taco Tuesday at Meat on the Street, and we'll, we'll share the menu and links to that over on our website at RadioMilwaukee.org slash This Bites. Next, let's go back to uh, bacon. 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 Bake, baking. Baking. Uh, Miss Molly's Cafe, Miss Molly's Bakery. First of all, I, I don't think I've ever heard of Miss Molly's. What's the deal with Miss Molly's, where they're located, and what are they doing um, mm -hmm. tonight. Uh, Miss Molly's is a lady-owned bakery and cafe okay. out in Wauwatosa on like 92nd and Center. Molly uh, Molly Sullivan, the owner, started out as a pastry chef. She was the pastry chef at Bray's at one oh. point in time. Yeah. And um, so she opened her own place uh, a couple years back now. Um, and lots of, she does a lot of catering too, by the mm. way. She'll do like weddings, wedding cakes, Um but it not only baked goods, she offers, you know, like um, breakfast and lunch items here at this bakery. Okay. Does not offer dinner. However, um, she's doing a monthly pizza night. And on this is certain Friday nights. And um, the, f the, the first one of the season is coming up uh, tonight, actually, December 7th. And um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about these pizzas. Um, all the pizzas are 14 inches. Um, there's actually a link on the web, on her website where you can order them. You can go in and order them as well. Um, and she's got three varieties, okay? And um, one is the Kettle Range Italian Sausage with, with Mushroom and Onion. Uh, second is a Chev uh, Cheese with Caramelized Onion, Balsamic Drizzle, and Arugula. And the third is just a not plain... The, not the German thing. Not the, the Rugelach. <laughs> okay. No, Arugula. Um, so leafy green, arugula, the peppery leafy green. Mm. And then there's a plain cheese variety that, you know, obviously kids would really love. Um, they're also doing, or she's also offering family style salads and a purple door ice cream bar with homemade toppings, which sounds mm. incredible. Um, you know, beer, wine, and soda available as well as root beer floats. And, um, so the pickup orders can be placed online, as I mentioned on their website, starting at five 30 or they're offering them by phone Dine-in seating is available first come, first serve. But this is, um, honestly, I, I 
I love pizza and there's never enough pizza for me. And uh, I love that she's doing this. I think That's it's cool. a really great uh, little monthly uh, event that you can bring your family to. Yeah, and, sounds fun. Yeah. Have something kind of different. shakes, uh, what's the name of the place, a diner that took over C1880? Oh, Don's Diner. I went there huh? uh, when I came back from L.A. Um, with my friend Ramka, and they had this old-fashioned shake. Oh, wow. It was so good. Did you eat anything there? Or just and we the had shake? the blackened fish, the seasonal fish. That was also cooked to perfection. No kidding. The blackened seasoning had a lot of kick to it. Oh. But the, why I got the milkshake was to uh, handle the, uh, oh, the, the, the heat. The, the but it was, it was really good. They had it twice baked potatoes. I love the vibe. They have like this little secret. I don't know why I do air yeah, quotes in the air. Yeah, Naughty Angels bar. Yeah, I didn't that. go in there. But it was a kind of a cool vibe. I mean, I miss C1880 yeah. a lot. And I think, you know, it's unfortunate. But uh, I think my first impressions, I don't know if a tangent here, it was, it was really good. I was really, I was really impressed. Huh, interesting. Yeah, the okay. Black and Fish was really good. And that shake, oh, wow. Um, really, it had those sprinkles, candy sprinkles. And I'm not a fan, but it, like, worked with the old-fashioned. Uh-huh. The chewy, the, it, it worked perfectly. But I, just when you mentioned root beer float, I wanted to share that. Next up, the long-awaited arrival of the first ever micro food hall known as Crossroad Collective. They have a sneak peek. What makes it micro? Because it's I not mean, like it a is big a food one. Hall. I mean, I, do, I just compared I to traditional food halls, yeah, are big, right? And so they're I just not big. I feel like they're ones of all sizes, so that's so it's yeah. a food hall. But yeah, they're calling it micro. Because it's. it's I know. Branding. It's, it's a brand. Branding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We are all brands. You know that now. It. Well, yes, I know that. You know, Trust like me. we're in a world of brands. Yes. Our, ourselves, our kids, our pets, our brands. You know. But anyway. What's- well, what's interesting about this space is that part of it. Um, well, it was most recently Rosati's. Okay, this yeah. is the corner of um, Farwell and. Uh, what is that that little street? It's not really. I guess it's North Avenue, but there's yeah. Like a little, I, I forgot the name of that street. It's yeah, like, it's, it's a, a little. It's a little side street. But um, anyway, uh, it is at one point in time in history, it was the Oriental Pharmacy mm-hmm. was in there. So it's there's a lot of history to yeah. that that space. But I think it actually encompasses more than mm-hmm. that. Um, and there's at least I want to say there's six to seven food local food vendors that are opening, going to open in the space. There's um, a special, and I have to say it's wait list only from what I've heard, sneak peek on December 14th. And um, they were offering tickets to this on Eventbrite. And I, I, you know, it may be too late to even get to the sneak peek, but um, what that means is that it will be opening shortly thereafter. Uh, just to mention some of these businesses, Laughing Taco, uh, which is uh, um, Justin Carlisle's of Arden's restaurant, little um, taco place, Scratch Ice Cream. Um, there's the Falafel Guys. They have another. They have a. They have a food truck and mm. a, a location up in Thienesville. Um, the vegan restaurant Beerline Cafe, um, and then there's Frida, which is a soup and sandwich concept that that's from the owners and the chef of the Eastside Restaurant Tess, and then also. A barbecue restaurant called Heaven's Table Barbecue, and I know you. Yeah, you know I did. the owner, Jason. Um, I did a story with him and Alex of Sap uh, Sap. Sap Sap, yeah. And his pop ups, uh, but I, I was telling, I was talking to Jason. You know, I was trying to get them. They did a thing together for Edible Milwaukee launch party, but I still want them to do a pop up where they combine 
that would be really their styles fun. for yeah. kind of a pop-up dinner still hopefully they'll do that um but i i i was talking to jason it was probably on facebook about different barbecue people i admire and this guy i forgot the guy's name but it's it's a well-known barbecue joint in atlanta called bees cracklin this guy's probably 30s but he's like one of the fast rising kind of pit masters he didn't even call himself a pit master he just I don't know. It was an interesting story. It's a video about him. So we actually met him, went to Atlanta and actually went down and met him, got his number. He actually invited him up to the opening and he was going to come, but I guess a schedule conflict happened. But he's, you know, kind of nice to see barbecue masters kind of connect from yeah. cross country. So maybe in the future might have a collaboration uh, with the guy in Atlanta and Jason of Heaven's Table. It'd be great. But anyway, that was. I fun. also love that story that you did, though, bringing those two yeah. guys together. This is still as a barbecue. It's just like, I mean, again, barbecue is a very interesting social thing in this country. It, it could be, it's very political, but at the deep root of what barbecue is, it's about sharing and uh, coming together, and and cultures, and and it, it's mm -hmm. and that's a commonality you find in the deep South, Midwest, and parts of Asia. So I try to bring that commonality, even though the food and dishes and how they prepare their types of barbecue. Why do I always do air quotes in the air? Just doing you. Well, uh, I can see them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, even though we have different styles of barbecue and how they prepare it, at the end of the day, their histories and where it came from are very similar. And that's why I was trying to tell the story. So Cool. Yeah. Again, that sneak peek is next week. Yeah, the 14th. So cool. what day of the week would that be? Is that a Friday? Yeah, it's Friday. Okay. Next Friday, of course, that's the best day to do it because be really, really back. Oh, I'm gonna speaking of that, um, I'm gonna head to Sherman Phoenix this weekend because I missed the opening. I was in California. Okay. Did you go? I did not. Oh. I, so I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna. I'm going out to meet uh, Battle Box. It's a video game place owned by African American, and he's doing some cool things. So I'm gonna hang out there for a minute and then head over to Sherman Phoenix. Give me some funky fresh spring rolls yes. and some Jewish Kitchen stuff. So. And you should check out the vegan place too. I'll buy some for you. No, oh, thanks. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm an omnivore. Obviously, yeah. I eat everything, but no, I, I just agree. like that. The there's vegan, a vegan option there. Yeah, I like yeah. that, and I think there's a, there's a huge need. There's for some it. really good vegan stuff out there. It's, uh, I mean, it's, I think there's people who are doing it well, and, uh, mm -hmm. and it's like makes me like Strange Towns for one, and I'm pretty sure Next Level Vegan and Celeste doing some interesting things. So, Celeste is doing something. Interesting that Amalina told me. I can't think of what it was. But it was weird. Didn't make any sense, but I can't remember. Well, we also talked that recently, and this is going to be at the start of something new, um, that uh, um, Melanie, the owner of Celesta, did a, a collaborative dinner yeah. with Abu's, and she wants to do more of these mm. like special dinners. I don't think that's what you're thinking no, of. No, Amalina was like, it was something that I would not associate with vegans. With vegans? Yeah. Mm. Okay. It was sounded interesting. I was just curious. I just can't remember what she was telling me what she's doing. Um, next up is uh, Trevor Volley. The restaurant in Kempton is uh, doing something for charity. Is that right? Yeah, this is a pretty interesting promotion uh, that Trey Volley is doing, and that's the Kempton Journeyman Hotel over in the Third Ward. They are selling five-inch pies for a, a set amount, mm -hmm. and um, fifty percent of the proceeds from each pie. Um, is being donated to something called Chef Cycle. Um, <clears throat> and this Chef Cycle is a pretty interesting fundraising endurance event where um, the, you, they are hoping to get um, at least 
275 chefs together to do this three-day, three 300-mile bike ride in May. This is a spring bike bike ride. And in the process, raise, I know I can't say exactly the, the amount, but a lot, a lot of money that translates into 20 million kids for 20 million kids, 20 million meals for kids facing hunger. Mm. So that's what that's what the fundraising effort is going toward. Okay. And so if you're buying a pie, you are going to support this. Um, and so the pies are offered from now until December 24th. They're five-inch pies, and um, they're offered in dark chocolate peppermint cream, salted caramel apple, and maple pecan. So there are three different kinds. You maple can, pecan. you know, stop over at Trey Rivali. I'm sure you can order in advance, Vance. you know, and get as many as, as you'd like. Um, and um, know that the that half of the proceeds are going toward this chef cycle event. I really, I'm interested in knowing who the chefs are that end up doing it because. That's a pretty, that's a pretty, you know, bike ride, yeah. that's a pretty big bike ride. Three days, 300 miles. So it's a hundred miles a day. Um, it's in May, like May 14th to 16th. That's the spring ride. Um, but again, it raises, it raises money to, to, you know, stop um, this, you know, inc- this huge problem of children going hungry. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's people don't even think about it. And like, and it's, you know, people most, when they think of it, they just think of it's, it's in the inner city. But you're surprised. It is everywhere. It is everywhere. It's but there, everywhere. But and places no you at least expect for it. Being for it. Yeah. Anywhere. Yeah. it should, this needs to stop. So, like, and people think it's just someone else's problem. But no, it, it's, it's, a, it's it could all be your of neighbors. Our, it's all of us. Like, you can live in a nice neighborhood. It could be your next door neighbor having problems. Right. And, and, so, and, we, and, and we're in this together. It's, yeah. We're responsible for, 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 you know, solving these problems. Um, and in a country where they're, especially in where theory, all, this, all this food goes to yes, waste, yeah. that we're hungry, that's, that's, that's unacceptable. Um, that's a good cause. Um, finally, I just want to share with you, I'm working on this story. Um, and most people listen to this are probably familiar with the, one of the top five tiki bars in the world based right here in my neighborhood, not Bayview, my neighborhood of River West. We enforce that foundation. Uh, so when I go there, I, like most people go there to talk, conversate, and you know, drink Drink a bowl of flames on it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. I most of the time go there by myself. Um, and I love talking to Don, uh, one of the people behind Foundation, about not just the cocktails, but the the rums of the cocktails. Because I'm just looking as a visual person, as a person of design, I'm like, what attracts me to a bottle of liquor or even wine is the labels. And we get in discussions, and I've probably had 45 minute discussions with Don about rum and his history. And the fascination, he started introducing me to rums, and I start sipping them, and I'm like, this is like sipping like bourbon. This is really nice. But like the diverse flavors and notes and smells of rum is so much uh, wide compared to the tequilas and the bourbons and the scotches. And and I realized we're talking, it's like most people don't think of rum as high class, right? Most people think of a Bacardi and Coke, or just put it in my Mai Tai, or mm-hmm. that's it. And you realize why Foundation's cocktail tastes so good because the quality of rum they use. They don't put Barcardi Gold, which there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, you know, but they, they, they use quality ingredients. And you get quality ingredients, input quality ingredients, you get a quality product out. And so I was talking about rum, and I was like, why do people not appreciate rum like they do whiskeys and scotches and tequilas and mezcals? And, and it's like this 
thing and I was like trying to figure out like I'm I always we were sitting here like this is the next thing that people are really gonna be like there'll be rum bars. There's no rum bars, right? Which is weird to me. There's tequila I think we have two tequila bars, mezcal bars here in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. You know do you is it a is it a thing in other cities though, rum bars? No. It really it's, it's not a country thing, thing. anyway. Anywhere, not really. really. Okay. I mean probably over other places outside of the country might have a more appreciation for rum. But most people don't know the history. America was not a whiskey country first. It was a rum country which I learned from Don at foundation. And it was just a fascinating history is telling me like one story where I was telling you that rum was mostly made, a lot of rum was came here in America was made from molasses. And then Boston, I think he was telling me there was a fire at it. It was one of this molasses plant that spilled all this hot molasses down the street and killed people. And this is like 1700s, late 1700s, early 1800s. And you still like the story goes, you go down certain streets in Boston, you can still smell that molasses. But it's a, our, our, our relationship with rum in America is really deep and rich, and I think it's been kind of overtaken by, which, hey, I'm a bourbon fan. I love bourbon, by whiskey in this country. And now the tequilas and mezcals are taking over. But uh, Are I, there certain parts, do you know, if there are there certain parts of our country where there are these distilleries that specialize in rum? Probably and, New Orleans and Florida. Okay. I do probably, because where they come from. Yeah. The vicinity towards the West Indies and their connection. Yeah, yeah. Okay, history, that makes historical sense. Historical connection to the sure. West Indies where a lot of rum in like in America, before America kind of went towards whiskey, came from. And rums is still from different products, you know, at various that which gives us different notes like molasses, of course, sugar plant. Um, but like, did you know India is the largest, is the largest uh, uh, consumers of rum? No. Yeah. Indian rum, you try if you try Indian rum, it tastes so much different than, you know, other types of high quality rum. Monk is one of the most popular Indian rums. And it makes the cocktail, you put Indian rum in a cocktail, it changes the whole profile and flavor of that cocktail. And are they using some of those rums, like the Indian rum at foundation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Their selection is amazing. So I asked Don at Foundation, I'm gonna put an article together uh probably this week or nearly next week about uh some of his favorite five simping rums, which will probably also make great cocktails as well. Um, so we'll put that together on our website later uh, this week or early next week. Uh, I just want to give one one I've had multiple times, which is fantastic, neat. It's this Eldorado 12-year. It's Eldorado rums and a Demerara rums from Guyana. Um, it's a 12-year age. Uh, it's fantastic. It's smoky. I describe it as woody, sweet. It's notes of caramel, and it's just warms your spirit and yeah i just want to hmm. let people know that you can sip other yeah. rums and don't think of rum as something you know at a college bar where you get a bacardi and coke right yeah. and i'm gonna say i am such a, a novice when it comes to drinking rum because mm. i i don't know anything about Most rum. People don't. i mean yeah. rum so has I'm not had that i mean at one point bourbon was like that yeah you know bourbon was not a until really recently um, probably 15 years ago, um, bourbon was kind of college stuff, you know, the Jim Bean and all that stuff. And then it started picking up, you know, and I'm hoping rum will have its light in the sun, you know. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, definitely talk to Don. Go to Foundation. Don't just, just drink a cocktail. Just They have a lot of knowledge just about tiki history, which is also fascinating as well, that most people don't realize. Some people at a certain age who were raised here might remember this complex out in Wauwatosa uh, back in the 60s, 70s, and I think it closed in the mid-80s. They had a pool. 
It was a big complex hotel. Uh, I forgot the name of it. Um, he had an original menu over there. And people remember going, taking, as a kid, their parents taking them to go swimming there. It was like off of Blue Mound Road over there. I forgot the name of it off the top of my head. But like the, his, his history and his knowledge is just as entertaining as any other conversation you could have there. Hmm. Just, so if you ever go to Foundation, have a chat with Don about your cocktail and about rum. It's, it's fascinating. So, And this is not Don the Beachcomber. No. No. Don and the, the Beachcomber does not exist anymore. I this mean, is he, funny. Like he, he knows, away, right? yeah, he knows his history. And, and it's, it's just his knowledge and his passion, uh, how he discusses it. It's just, it's fun. I love to get that on video. I mean, it's just. That I think is, people take. I think people yeah. love Foundation for what it is. Foundation but people, is I think, one of the most extraordinary yeah. bars I have ever been in because yeah. it's, it's so different. It's not your typical tiki bar. We're just we're going to do tiki drinks and tiki trend. They're, it doesn't feel they're gimmicky. The, There's they're the real yeah. deal. They're the real and deal. They're passionate about it. So sit down and just talk about it before you order your drink. Ask them. Explain the history of the drink. Explain the recipe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's great. So anyway, just a little. Love for a little establishment in my neighborhood of River West. Well, that concludes uh, this week's edition of uh, This Bites. This Bites produced by Tyrone Miller. Handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from Society Insurance and, of course, your membership. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org, on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And as always, stay hungry. And keep the Malort cold. What about the rum? Can we keep the rum cold too? It depends. I don't know. That's a good question. All right. I drink it neat. I never had it on the rocks. I don't think it would be good on the rocks. No. Okay. I don't know. Maybe it depends on your taste buds. Right. Yeah. Well, have a good weekend, Ann. You too.